Welcome to the uh, Political Schmucks Podcast, episode 106. Today is September 27th, 2017. Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday night. We wanted to come to you earlier this evening, but we had some technical issues. Not my fault. Uh, as as my, uh, my friend and pal Ric Flair once said, uh, I've never taken a pain pill in my life, but he'd always just take a shower, flip his hair back, and then go to the best bar in town, and that's exactly what we did. Yes. A couple cocktails never hurt anybody. So, a lot of stuff to go over tonight, but we're going to start with a revamped version of Cocktail Talk. An abbreviated, some would say. Abbreviated. It's basically what we intended originally, but didn't do. And we've built in some kind of boundaries to ensure brevity uh, and hopefully some humor. And uh, at this point, I'm going to edit in some good audio sounds of glasses clinking and classy music. Well, before you do that, tell the, tell the audience what you specifically are drinking this evening. I'm not drinking anything because I finished it, but it was the remains of a bottle of rosé that I was drinking with my lovely lady friend, and I am not embarrassed, and I am slightly buzzed, and it was quite delicious. And you're drinking a glass of milk. <laughs> this is not milk. Well, I, I'm saying it's milk, so until you can prove otherwise... Some people like ice in their milk. No one does. Yeah. Anyway. Kick it off. Cocktail talk. So, North America. Hey, have you heard about uh, Roy Moore, the new senator from Alabama and what he believes? Well, let me tell you. Roy Moore believes homosexuality should be illegal. Check. 9-11 was a sign of God's divine anger. Maybe. And interestingly, that the only thing that you can unite us at this point is God. And to that end, Roy said, quote, we have blacks and whites fighting, reds and yellows fighting, Dems and Republicans fighting. And I'll just stop right there. Close quote. I'm not sure who the reds are. I'm, the yellows are the Asians. The Na- re- Native Americans. Are the are the Native Americans and the, and the Chinese and the Asians in America this fighting? Is a, this is a, you need to get out of the Acela corridor. Yeah, I'm in the corridor. Uh, he also says that Darwin was wrong and that to believe that a man evolved from a snake is nonsense. I kind of agree. Man probably didn't evolve from a snake. Um, Islam is a false religion. Obama was not U.S. born, but the real coup de grace, okay, of Roy Moore, our new senator. Is that he likes to write poetry. Hold on. He's, uh, a, a, he's not quite senator. He still has to beat a Democrat yeah, okay, in Alabama. And maybe, he, maybe he'll lose. But Republican candidate for U.S. Senate, uh, Roy Moore, is a poet. And, hey, have you heard his new poem? <laughs> Babies piled in a dumpster. Abortion on demand. Oh, sweet land of liberty. Your house is on the sand. I, I mean, it's no Edgar Allan Poe, but it does rhyme, so I will give him that. It's good. It's so perfect. That's your North America. I don't write poetry. Cocktail talk. Good for room more. On to South America. Hey, have you heard? Patagonians are now purported to have invented the lager beer nearly 200 years before the Germans. So everybody thought that lager came from Bavaria, but apparently, it was it, yeast uh, related to lager beers have been found in ancient vessels in the Patagonia region between Chile and Argentina. Um, potentially, the lager is not the Germans. I mean, basically, they found like old Yingling cans in a cave. But big news, big news. What do you got on Europe? Jumping across the ocean. Uh, hey, have you heard? Uh, on September 25th, elections in Germany saw the far-right Alternative for Germany, AFD party, take 94 seats in Parliament. This is the first time since, drumroll, World War II. The Nazis. Yeah! That Germany has seen a nationalist party hold seats in Parliament. Fortunately, uh, I'm, there, I'm sure there's some good people there, too. Yeah, Got to be. Uh, fortunately, a friend of the podcast and our friend, Angela Merkel, is still running the show. Uh, but the German press has said she will unfortunately lead a, quote, extremely unwieldy 
coalition government. We're going to be doing one thing and one thing only. Killing Nazis. Sounds like America. Hey, have you heard in South Central Asia? South Central? <laughs> South Central Asia. Hours after SecDef Mattis landed, the Taliban fired 40 rockets at his plane at the Kabul airport. Up to 40 rounds, 29 of which were RPGs, 11 Sad. of an unknown rocket variety, hit the airport, but... Rockets don't face Secretary Mattis, and he is okay. Yeah, no shit, he's okay. And frankly, if he'd actually been there, chances are he would have ripped his shirt off, grabbed a rifle, and just started pistol-whipping people. It's fun to shoot some people. I'll be right up on you. I like brawling. Where are we at? So you just did uh, South Central Asia. Well, we'll uh, you went out of order, but that's all right. I'm not totally, totally, I'm not totally phased. So we'll, we'll head back to the Middle East. Hey, have you heard? 93% of Kurds just backed a referendum calling for an independent Kurdistan. Uh, this is a touch dicey in northern Iraq. In response, the Iraqi parliament has authorized the prime minister, uh, Mr. Abadi, to send Iraqi troops to disputed Arab-Kurd regions. Uh, this is not even to mention the fact that the Iranians and the Turks and everybody else are already getting in arms, up in arms about this. But to add a little bit of sugar on top of this nice little ice cream cone... The Israelis have said publicly that they'd be the first to recognize an independent Kurdistan if and when they actually declare their independence. So I'm really sure the Arab world's really excited about this impending uh, independence. Freedom! Hey, let's jump over to Russia. It's a neighbor. Have you heard? A Russian cannibal couple may have killed over 30 people and sold people pies to local bakeries. But I'm going to stop right now because we're going to get more into this uh, a little bit later. On another note, I'm going to go doubles on Russia. Hey, have you heard? Russia and NASA agreed to build a lunar space station together. Lunar is in the moon. And seeing as how we get along so well on this planet, there's no reason why we shouldn't take it to the moon as a team. I will say that we, uh, the Russian lift for U.S. astronauts has continued. This is true. So, so maybe the astronaut community is much closer than uh, maybe they're like President Trump and, and Vlad. You know, there's, there's a little bit of bonding there. That's probably the case. Uh, Russia's neighbor, China. Uh, I've heard of it. Hey, have you heard? China continues to copy the United States. First it was stealth fighters, then drones. Now it's fat kids. As of 2015, over 15 million Chinese children were considered obese more than any other country. I mean, the next thing they're going to do is have a fatter GDP than us. It's inevitable. And by 2025, one in four Chinese children ages seven and up, will be obese. The only thing I can say, that's 25% of kids are going to be fucking straight butterballing it, is I love dumplings too, and I am sympathetic to this challenge. So here's a take. Um, traditionally, uh, Asian people turn very red when they drink because they lack an enzyme that breaks down alcohol in the same way that us white folk have. What if they don't process being fat as well as white people do? This could be the thing that keeps America on top. Right? We can what manage our obesity better. Right? We are better at being fat than China is at being fat. Oh, this is this. I'm is not big. ruling it out. That's a fucking insight. It could be the plague in China. There was, this article had uh, some great pictures of just chubby Chinese kids in a pool. Real great stuff. <laughs> Were they wearing shirts like chubby kids at pools usually do? No, they weren't. Good for them. They weren't. Owning it. A, a bunch of them had the little nose pinchers, though. Good they, for they, them. they couldn't handle the water well. Good for them. Bouncing around the world, we're now at the largest continent. I believe the second largest, actually. I think Antarctica has a beat. Uh, Africa. We're all over the place. Uh, on September 24th, U.S. Africa Command said that six airstrikes killed 17 militants and three vehicles. Didn't really separate their statement there, so I assume they killed the vehicles in Libya, uh, specifically 150 miles southeast of Sirte. Both ISIS and Al-Qaeda have continued to use the ungoverned spaces in beautiful Libya to move fighters, weapons, and direct terror activities. So look for another place where the U.S. is dropping bombs in Libya. Man, there's got to be something good happening in Africa. I think our next one we're going to have to find out about a celebrity at like some nice birthing center somewhere. That's not fun. <laughs> uh, on to the, uh, the surprise of the week, Oceania. This is a little fun. Uh, the governing nope. national... Hey, have you heard? Say it right. Hey, have you heard that the governing nationalist party in New Zealand 
has a serving member of parliament that used to be an instructor at a Chinese spy school. What? And I thought you were going to go porn star. No, 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 no. This guy's name, no shit, Jin Yang. <laughs> <laughs> For real? <laughs> That's amazing. So Jin Yang uh, spent nearly a decade in China receiving military and intel training and working as a teacher at China's equivalency to the US NSA or the UK's GCHQ. Jin Yang admitted last week to training spies to monitor communications, but he would not say if he trained those spies to monitor New Zealand or Kiwi communications. Wait, is he Chinese or Kiwi? Oh, no. He's Chinese-born, but he's lived in New Zealand, I believe he's become a New Zealand citizen, and now he is he was a elected. serving member of New Zealand. Holy Parliament. hot. This the, is, uh, this the, is... Na- the Nationalist Party leader in New Zealand has had to be like, we're going to look into this. It's Apparently, the party has done no due diligence. This is what Russia is eventually going to do. They're just going to send people it's, over to run for yeah, office. Yeah, I was going to say, it's literally just a, an episode out of the Americans, but way easier, right? Yeah. You don't need to be a spy when you can just work in government. And the uh, last but not least, as always, the wild card. Hey, have you heard that China has an issue with the new movie It? (laughs) What? This gets better. Burger King Russia has filed an official government complaint to the Federal Anti-Monopoly Service demanding that Stephen King's film It, the remake, be pulled from theaters because... They think that the movie's clown's supposed resemblance to Ronald McDonald <laughs> gives McDonald's an unfair competitive advantage. Wait. Oh, it's an advantage. Burger King is thinking that the movie It, the remake, is essentially advertising for McDonald's. <laughs> Stay away from the fucking ball pits, right? Yeah. So essentially they're saying, Ronald McDonald, you're likable, but the evil clown in It reminds you of him. That's wild. And that was uh, that was cocktail talk, much better than last time. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say that was much better, more of what we had hoped for in the in, in our initial imaginings. All right, so now we're on to uh, to a little bit of headlines. Some headlines, some good headlines here. Uh, today. The first headline came uh, out of the always reputable and something all of you should look at daily, uh, the Daily Mail. Very good. Headline reads, Cannibal Couple made human meat pies and supplied them to local restaurants after luring female victims on rush. I mean, we can just pause real quick and talk about the people pies. I guess I, I don't even know. I guess I have nothing to say. This is so preposterous. I, we were talking about this off the air and, and how this was uncovered because a you know, Russian construction worker found a cell phone and was like, ooh, yippee, cell phone. And then he opens it, and the background picture is of a dude biting into like a, 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 a human arm. And, and do you have the quote for what he said when he gave it to the police? I mean, the most like incredulous Russian man ever, right? So he, he finds this phone, and he's like, oh, shit. Oh, no, cannibals. Oh, what do I do? And he hands it over to the Russian police as I'm stalling for Dylan to find the quote. Oh, man. You're really just, just doing this to me. I am doing it to you. But anyway, so the, we'll come back to the quote. But at one point, the, the, well, so the two people's names. Oh, you have it? No. The people's names? No, I have the people's names. Do you have okay. the quote? No. no. All right. So the, the, the names are Dmitry Bakshiv and Natalia Bakshiva. Uh, he's 35. She's 42. Um, and at one point, apparently, she came into a, um, I don't know, bakery or somewhere to try and, 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 and sell the pie. And the owner refused to work with her, saying she looked vulgar. I mean, good indication now that we have a people leader on our hands. I mean, good, good, good initial impression by that store owner but not working with her doesn't mean he didn't buy a pie yeah so the road worker that found the phone uh said that the uh that a man came looking for a phone saying he had lost a phone he looked homeless more importantly the construction worker recognized that this was the same guy from the background of the phone that was eating the human so he did not return the phone Soon, a road police car came and passed and he, he the construction worker weighed down the police uh 
and he gave the phone to the police, and he said, it's your job, sort it out. I mean, I, I just, he's right, and I just absolutely love that. And I'm going to have to, at some point, right around here, insert that always sunny quote from the episode where they're eating human meat, or Frank tricks the gang into thinking they're eating human meat. It just plays so well with this story. I wish it was venison. Was it a horse? Horse? That which you have just eaten. That which your teeth have just torn apart. Your taste buds have savored. That was human meat. <laughs> um, but can you imagine some police are trying to go around that right now and trying to figure out like how many human meat pies, or as we like to call them, people pies, were, were sold into circulation and how many people sat down and ate a people pie? Can you imagine like somebody knocking on your door and being like, uh, you remember that pie you bought at like the corner shop yesterday? There was a person. That was a person. That was so, people pie. So here's pie. the question. So you've, you've had shepherd's pie. I, I don't know. I don't think so. Have you had shepherd's pie? What ground, the hell? ground beef and mashed potatoes on top? I don't think I've had that filthy sounding no. thing. No. That would be the perfect pie to put a person in. <laughs> you would never know. It's like so spiced and stuff. Ground beef. Well, how do you know what people taste like? I don't know what people taste like. Mm. I'm just saying that I think. <laughs> if, if you were going to cook a people pie. If I did it, this is how I would do it. Hey, isn't there a book by OJ called If I Did It? <laughs> yeah, but he was acquitted. Oh, okay. All right, fine. <laughs> All right. Next. Um, next up. headline. Uh, this is a little fun because it harkens back to a lot of the discussions that happened during the uh, 2016 presidential election here in the United States. Presidential son-in-law and senior advisor Jared Kushner is registered as a female voter in New York, according to public records. So this is great on like a million levels, especially when you pair it with the recent stories about how he was using his own email address to do official business and the irony of the, you know, the Hillary Clinton uh, email server. So now, and, and on top of that, the transgender ban. So Jared can no longer serve in the military. He's, you know, the, the lock her up chance can now be directly applied to Jared. Right. And the only thing left to do is now support him in his transition. Well, I will say that, that we, should, we should support him in every way we can, because prior to 2009, actually, his New Jersey voter registration noted his gender as unknown. So, yeah, he was working through it. So he was, he was working through some things, and he, uh, he found the answer. So Jared Kushner, married to Ivanka Trump, is officially a woman. I wonder if Ivanka is ready to be a lesbian, because Clearly. she is she now a lesbian. Be. She has to be. Man, this family is fascinating. A couple of Hasidic Jew lesbians. Is that even? Is that, is that even allowed? You're the you're the authority here. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a rabbi. I'm just a tribesman. Um, <laughs> the question is also, and and we'll I'll leave this open ended for anybody a who Hasidic wants to. Hasidic Jew, conservative lesbian, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know how conservative he is. So much as his father in law is the president and is a Republican and all that good shit. But tweet at us at, at politics schmucks or hit us on Facebook. You know. What are what are uh, what's Jared Kushner's new name going to be? Because it he ain't going to be Jared. Look, he does look a little feminine, right? He looks. He's clearly taking the same pills that uh, who's the Kardashian or whatever, the uh, Jenner, not oh, Bruce, Bruce, Caitlyn. That Caitlyn. He's he's doing his Bruce to Caitlyn. He can't take the name Caitlyn because that's already taken. So Jared, so he's got. I don't know what his name's going to be. I think he takes Don's ex-wife Ivana. Ivana and Ivanka. <laughs> Oh man! And then Don can make inappropriate <laughs> inappropriate jokes about having sex with his transitioned son-in-law. <laughs> anyway, that was a lot of fun to talk about. Uh, the next one is uh, sort of fun to talk about on uh, multiple levels. The headline, of course, being that Anthony Weiner, the man who changed history, faces sentences sentencing over sex with minors, got twenty one months. Tonight, the strangest parade of suspects you've ever seen. NBC again. On To Catch a Predator. Probably deserved every one of those 24 months. He is the dirtiest fucking dirt bag that ever walked on the earth. So this started in uh, January 2016 when a high school student messaged uh, Anthony Weiner on Twitter prompting a flurry of private responses sliding into the DMs, as they say, uh, from uh, the former congressman 
The student revealed that she was still in high school, but that did not stop the always leaning forward Anthony Weiner from asking her to undress and touch herself. He progressed to sending her, quote, obscene material, including adult porn, and a message, quote, describing what he would do to her if she were 18. And, and, and yeah, I'm... Nor self or another OJ situation here. Okay, so I, I, I can't even read this <laughs> on... Uh, I, can't, I can't read this. Just one. I, no, this, the, the one I'm looking at is just rancid. He is a dirty bastard. Um, but if people don't remember, like, the, the image that came out that, like, really iced the cake on how much of a dirtbag this guy was is that he had basically sent, like, a picture of him in his underwear with, like... His a, infant yeah, child. Yeah, a crotch shot. Still in the and it's like his infant child's, like, asleep on the pillow next to him. Like, just the dirtiest bastard ever. And to put this in a historical context... You could make a very valid argument that the current state of the world traces itself to this is validation of the butterfly effect, okay? Traces itself right back to Anthony Weeder's inability to not be a flaming human piece of shit. Because if Anthony Weeder doesn't start doing like these child sex porn texts and doesn't get investigated, these other Hillary Clinton emails aren't discovered, which Comey then doesn't make an announcement ten days before the election. And Hillary Clinton, and it's a counterfactual argument I accept, Hillary Clinton very well could be president of the United States. Yeah, no, because the emails that came out right before the election that prompted that statement from Comey came as a result of the FBI's investigation into this exact sexting scandal, looked through his computer for sex, and all of a sudden, lo and behold, hey, I have emails that his then-wife, Uma Abedin, then-wife, an advisor to Hillary Clinton, had forwarded to Anthony Weiner to print despite some of them having confidential classified markings on them. Did, they have, did some of them have classified markings? I think they were all, all confidential. Yeah. But, but no, it was... yeah. No, That's not to say there wasn't classified shit in there. I mean, the, the, right. the thing was... No, whatever. We're not even going to go down that fucking right. path. Um, but yeah, so to Antifa and to all the liberals and, you know, I don't particularly care for the far left, but... I don't like Donald. You could take some of your energy and vitriol for Donald and throw, throw some of that shade at uh, little uh, Ant Wiener. Former Democratic congressman. Former Dem congressman. And, and frankly, at the time, if people remember, well, he's he a was a rising kind of, star. Yeah, he was kind of a hot, he was a hot ticket. He, yeah. he was a fast-talking New Yorker, like, very intelligent. Just how, so happened that Carlos Danger was his other personality, and, like, that guy has got real issues. <sighs> All right, and we're uh, on to the next section here. Uh, the always uh, fun and exciting uh, oopsie and uh-oh. Oopsie or uh-oh. So we're going to start with our uh, our outed CIA agent friend, Valerie Plame. So Valerie, uh, if for those of you who don't remember, was the outed CIA agent. She was outed by Scooter Libby uh, back... Right around the time of the Iraq War. Well, she probably wasn't outed by Scooter Libby. Scooter, Scooter Libby just refused to say who actually outed okay, her. Okay, fair enough. Thank you. Took one for the fucking team, Went man. to jail. Dude. Federal. Scooter. OG. Federal prison to protect Dickie, Dickie Cheney. Probably um, Rick Armitage. Who was her husband? Valerie's? No. Um, He's a newsman, right? I don't remember. We can Google it. Anyway, so Valerie was a CIA agent. She gets uh, outed. Uh, sort of in Joe Wilson. Joe Wilson, because Joe Wilson came out against the war and like for an op-ed or something. I don't know. We haven't really. I don't remember all the details. Got bad hair. Well, in in the world where Donald Trump's president, we don't talk about people's hair anymore. There's certainly bad hair. Anyway, so Valerie Plame's been doing a couple things to try and keep herself relevant since then. One of the things she did was she was like trying to do a Kickstarter to buy Twitter to then kick Trump off, which clearly was like an attention grab. Um, but then she retweeted a really wild anti-Semitic article. Um, and it did not go over well. And she tried to hide behind the old, a retweet is not an endorsement argument. Um, but typically that only holds up when the retweet is something newsworthy. And this was not that. Yeah, so she, she retweeted an article titled, America's Jews are Driving America's Wars. And it had a picture of Bill Crystal, the editor of the Weekly Standard, which, okay, that's confusing right now. Uh, her next week, Next tweet kind of took a step back and said, okay, folks, look, I messed up. I skimmed this piece, zeroed in on the neocon criticism, and shared it without seeing and considering the rest. I misgrossed undercurrents to this article and didn't do my homework on the platform this piece came from. Now that I see it, 
it's obvious. All right. That could have been it. But Valerie decided to double down. She said, just FYI, I am of Jewish descent. I am not in favor of war with Iran or getting out of the Iran nuclear treaty. There are simply too many who are so ready to go to war. Haven't we had enough for a while? Read the entire article and try just for a moment. Put aside your biases, presumably against Jewish people, and think clearly. Oh, Valerie. Uh, I'm going to call this an oopsie. Nobody died. If she is part tribesman, that does give her some deflection, even though she's a fucking, just a total idiot. Uh, I'm calling this an oopsie on the grand scheme of things. I'll, I'll go with you. Uh, the next oopsie uh-oh is from uh, the Zapod exercise, uh, Russia's giant military exercise with their friend and powerful neighbor, Belarus. <laughs> powerful? Uh, uh, Zapod means West, so there's really no uh, <laughs> no missing what Russia's trying to do here with this military exercise. It's over like 100,000 you know, Russian troops. Oh, they're flexing nuts. Yeah, trying to make a point. Um, but as is always the case, when Russians get live-fire ammunition, something's going to go wrong. And in this instance, uh, a Russian attack helicopter loosed a couple of uh, rockets right at, not quite a grandstand, but basically at, like, observers of the events. And you have a couple great videos of people, of a person basically standing next to, like, a command vehicle watching rockets just shoot right at their face. Uh, I don't know if anybody was killed. Oh, no. Three people were killed. Russia, Russia's, Three people were killed. Uh, yeah. Init- initially, this, uh, the reports were three people were seriously injured. Uh, then it came out about a day later that Russia said nothing happened. Right. And actually, you know, interestingly, if people were killed, when you watch the video and then you look back, my two initial takeaways were your rockets suck. Or your aim sucks because oh, no, they hit real low. Yeah, yeah, they like took the tires out of a truck and like busted the back window, and you're like, wow, if this is like what we're fighting against, like okay, but yeah. The, I mean, most Russia's combat capability has proved to be uh, less than less than advertised in a lot of realms. Right. Well, they they typically uh, thrive on volume and not lethality. So again, uh, Russia killed. Russian invitees to a military exercise. I'd say that's a, uh, uh-oh. Well, the question is, who were they? Because if they weren't Vlad's friends, they probably don't break the oopsie uh, ceiling. So, so the oopsie ceiling in Russia. Yeah. All right. Well, if we're going local. If, if it's just a couple of local, like, Russians or Belarusians. I mean, we know how it feels about the press, so. Yeah, so I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to downgrade it to an oopsie because I don't think it was like one of his six billionaire friends, so I, I don't think it, they probably didn't even get buried. Next one in the oopsie or uh-oh. Kind of big news. You might have actually seen this out there. Um, Jeff Bezos and Amazon. You know, this algorithm, right? You, you, buy, you buy, I don't know, sunglasses, and then you get you, the algorithm says, hey, maybe you need sunscreen too. You're outside. Maybe that's what you need. Well, the algorithm is getting kind of funky because now it's helping people build bombs. So uh, there was a, uh, a bucket bomb strike in London, uh, the underground, their subway, and se- on September 15th. Weren't you, weren't you there? I was there. You were there. Yeah, no, I, was, I stopped the guy. You stopped the guy? Yeah. You're real hero that's, stuff. That's what happened. Yeah, uh, no, I was uh, in the city, nowhere near the events. You're probably uh, in your room. Our, our president said that uh, Scotland Yard was in sight. As someone that was staying near Scotland Yard, I can promise you that that underground stop is nowhere near Scotland Yard. <laughs> Theresa May kind of gave, gave Trump a quiet dressing down uh, because what he revealed on Twitter was just patently not true. Uh, but the... Fortunately, the bucket bomb uh, did not detonate as, as it was supposed to. Uh, people were burned and suffered relatively minor in- injuries. No one was killed. Uh, and I believe at this point, over three or four people have actually been rolled up. So uh, the UK mass surveillance system's working. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, uh, Channel 4 News in the UK... Uh, kind of did a little bit of investigation slash online uh, buying. And what they found is that algorithms developed by Amazon pair certain things together that you probably wouldn't think should be together. 
The investigation shows how users searching for a common chemical compound, which Channel 4's news in London decided not to name, uh, but it was typically used in food production, is offered as in essentially a on the shopping basket of other ingredients that are used to produce explosive black, black powder. So I, my, my question, because this is a really interesting uh, investigative reporting you know, vain to explore is what, who, who is this guy at channel four news? Who's like, let's go look at Amazon. I kind of want to know his name and his backstory. It it is interesting that that essentially it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's, 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 well, how do these guys get such crude materials so easily under the guise of, again, this UK surveillance state, right? That is very pervasive and are able to create weapons that, shouldn't be able to be created in well, such, a, such a manner i mean it had a, it, it 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 didn't really work so there's that but yeah it didn't, yeah so but but channel four news was able to create a shopping basket on amazon with up to 45 kilograms of ingredients for black powder under current uk legislation an individual is only able to produce 100 grams of black powder so you, the sad part is you i have no idea like how much a gram is like, you know, I mean, I remember from, like, grade school, like, like grams, but if you're, like, how, like what is a, gr- like, show me how much, here's some sand, make, like, what do you think a gram is or 100 grams? I'm like, I have no fucking clue. Really? No, not even close. Really? How much is a gram? Like, is it a fist size? How much is 100 Do you want gram? me to convert it to ounces? That doesn't mean anything to me. It's an eighth of an ounce. An eighth of an ounce. 3.5 grams. That doesn't help. Why do you know all this? Just, just conversions. You, how do you remember... Whatever. Numbers. You're a drug dealer. Numbers. That's why you know this. You're a drug dealer. <laughs> um, so anyways, so uh, so essentially these these news investigators from Channel 4 were able to get 45 kilograms of ingredients for black powder, only supposed to be able to get 100 grams. So all of a sudden they have a ton of the explosive material. Users searching Amazon for another widely available chemical chemical are offered ingredients for thermite under the frequently bought together heading. Together, the unnamed chemical, thermite, and black powder, when ignited, created a hazardous reaction used in incendiary bombs and for cutting through steel. So essentially, all of a sudden, you're left with the ingredients to make explosive material. In addition to these recommendations, Amazon's algorithms that defines something as customers also bought offers the following items along with the aforementioned chemical components. This is where it really gets fucked up. Steel ball bearings, push button switches, and battery connectors and cables. Yeah, so some people are really asleep. What at the, the fuck? Are really asleep at the wheel at Amazon being like we're just going to match you up with all of the components and there's nothing. And, and not only that, but I think your point about this being a kind of uh, security state in a way, it's almost so obvious. It's hard to believe it was missed. Well, and the, and the thing that the thing that's messed up, right. And the thing that maybe, maybe could be exploited by intelligence agencies around the world and presumably, hopefully already is, is if something's showing up under Amazon's customers also bought tab, this means that enough people have looked at explosive materials, steel ball bearings, push button switches, and battery connectors and cables together. Oh, yeah. The algorithm's been kicked. If you've ever yeah, looked absolutely. at all four of those things together, I would hope that the appropriate authorities are alerted. Yeah, clearly not. So great, I've looked at some story. fucking random things on Amazon, but never any one of these I things. mean, that's a dangerous thing to let people see. Is, right. You know, your Amazon algorithm. Like, hey, hey, Dylan, show me your Google search. Oh, I would. Oh, dude, I don't want to see your Google search. It'd be gold. It would give me goddamn nightmares. Gold. It would give me nightmares. All right. On to, the, on to the last sort of big topic of the night, Rocket Man. And we're not talking Elton John. We're, we're talking, talking Elton John's song. <laughs> <laughs> North Korea. That little pinky, the pinky hanging off of China, that, that little like ingrown nail that just is killing you. Um, so there's a lot to talk about here. Uh, and we're going to try and start at the beginning. And, and the beginning is how the hell did the Korean Peninsula become this flashpoint that just has been crushing us for the last 65 years? Uh, uh, Roy Moore told me it was God's will. Mm. Well, why don't you go read some more Roy Moore poems, Okay. So, 
Interesting. Do a little brief history trip here. The 38th parallel, as most people know. Uh, uh, Me and the audience are going to do this for your brief history trip. Oh, dude. That hurt. I've been keeping those buds in my fridge just for you. I'm ready now. Yeah, you're ready. Now I want more to drink. Why don't you make yourself useful while I educate the users and and get me some of the good brown stuff off the uh, shelf. Okay. All right. Um, So, 38th parallel. The, yeah, get the good. No, uh, I don't want that. Give me the eight. Yeah, that one right there. Great. 38th parallel for the third time. North Korea, South Korea split on the DMZ. The history of the 38th parallel actually goes all the way back to the Yalta Conference, which Roosevelt, Churchill, Stalin meeting in February 1945, basically splitting up the world. And Roosevelt's trying to get the Russians into the fight in the Pacific. And one of the things they talk about is, you know, giving spheres of influence, essentially. And in, I think it's August 25th, 1945, Russia declares war on Japan. And like four days later, three days later, the 20th through the 29th, the Japanese surrender and the uh, Russians accept the surrender of Japanese forces on the northern portion of the Korean Peninsula and the Americans accept the surrender on the southern portion of the Korean Peninsula. Ostensibly, what was supposed to happen was uh, the two sides were going to occupy the north and the south and then a vote was going to happen eventually for reunification and that was going to lead to Korea being unified. As we all know, the Cold War very quickly exploded and nothing changed. Eventually, in 1950, the North Koreans invaded the South and tried to... Thank you, sir. Dylan's quite the bartender. Um, invaded the South and tried to unite the peninsula. Um, the United States obviously did not take kindly to this, uh, along with some you know, UN forces, although the UN wasn't a whole lot at that point. It was, I believe, the British, the French, the Australians, whoever else. Uh, Western Axis um, fought back. The infamous uh, landing of the United States Marines in Incheon um, pushed, the, pushed the Koreans back north, led by MacArthur as the commander, and eventually actually pushed the Koreans all the way up right to the... I want to say it's the Yellow River, the Yellow River, uh, Yellow. Yellow River, right up to the Chinese border, at which point the Chinese are like, we're not having this, and stream just tens of hundreds of thousands of Chinese people across, back across the border and just overwhelm the Americans and push us back down. Long story short, the war settles right back where it started at the 38th parallel. And that's where we find ourselves. Now, you know, the war ends in, what, 54, 55? Clearly the forgotten war in the United States and we don't end with a peace treaty. We end with an armistice, right? We end with like a ceasefire. Like we're not at peace with each other, but we're not going to shoot each other because everybody's exhausted and this has been an absolutely terribly devastating war. And we start sort of settling into the new norms. And, you know, Vietnam pops off and all these other issues pop off and Korea just sort of sits on the back burner. Let's just fast forward way forward to the early 90s when Bill Clinton addresses this and tries to basically negotiate away North Korea's nuclear program by, by giving them uh, fuel and what were basically called tamper-resistant um, nuclear, what would you call these, like power plants. Um, well, Essentially ensuring that they could develop nuclear power for civilian power purposes. Right but not convert that right, into right. a and weapons program. Long story short, again, that fails. Uh, George W. comes in, again, tries another round of negotiations. He doesn't work. Obama, and I'm glossing over a lot of this, so please, I, I know that I'm not giving the details here, but Obama, as far as I'm concerned, kind of is just like good riddance. If I don't look at it, it's not there. It was, I believe he described it as strategic patience. <laughs> That's... Great, yeah, strategic patience. Very law professor thing to say. That's like when you're waiting for whatever. I'm not even going to go there. I'm going to just get in trouble, so I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Do it. Nope, not doing it. Come Um, on. So (laughs) Obama waits it out. And meanwhile, while this is all happening, there are plenty of incidents. The USS Puebla. um, What was the aircraft that was shot down? Most recently, the North Koreans sunk a frigate of the South Korean. Yeah, so the Tiananmen sinking occurred in, in March of 2010. A, a frigate in the, uh, of South Korea carrying 104 personnel sank after a, uh, a North Korean strike, and it killed 60-some people. Right around the same time, they started launching artillery into an island in South Korean territory, 
killed a couple dozen people there. So they, I mean, in 2010, South Korea was hot to try. They were ready to go to North war. Korea. No, I mean, South well, Korea yes. was ready to respond, right? Yeah, yeah. They got poked in the eye a little too much. So I would argue, even compared to today, despite our president's fire and fury, we were probably closer as an ally and a party to this armistice to going to war in 2010 than we are today. We just get so much fucking run from it in the press today because Donald Trump's Twitter and Kim Jong-un's super bombastic there's, there's responses. You know, the rhetoric But it's is, very much a war of words, whereas people were actually dying in 2010. No, that's a great point. I mean, the rhetoric is certainly more supercharged today. And the thing you hear from the government all the time is that what, we're, what the United States is really watching is the alignment of forces in North Korea. The determinant of whether or not North Korea is going to do something is ultimately how they align their forces. So... From what I understand at this point, forces have not realigned significantly. Certainly, you see the nuclear you know, tests and you see the ballistic missile tests and all those things. But it, it's a very much a provocation play at this point, uh, more so than any type of strategic move. But anyway, so now here we are today. And our fearless leader, Donald Trump, goes to the United Nations where he hates the green tiles because he wanted to rebuild the UN years ago and they, they didn't let him. Although I agree that those green tiles are gross, um, and gives his speech. Well, he looks really bad. His orange like complexion, based or like in front of those green tiles, is just a nightmare. If you made him like put his hands in his pockets, I don't think he could talk. If he couldn't do his little like circles that he makes, and he does his little thing where he, like yeah, he conducts finger, an orchestra. Right? Yeah, he conducts the world's shittiest orchestra. Uh, anyway, so he gives his speech, and interestingly, it's been reported that all of the advisors, you know, H.R. McMaster, uh, General Kelly, I'm sure Dunford, Matt, everybody, anybody who was anybody was, don't antagonize Kim Jong-un personally in at the U.N., right? This is no benefit other than you stroking your tiny little orange ego, um, but you're, you're just going to close options and create more problems. And the version that they saw, that these advisors saw of the speech, didn't have the Rocket Man reference in there. And then Donald went ahead and went full, just special guy, and did the Rocket Man reference and called out Kim and all the nonsense. And Kim responded with dotard, which, in the war of words, Kim just bodied. Body Trump because Rocket Man's a beautiful song and I don't think it's very offensive at all. But the definition of dotard is like a feeble, weak old man who's like got dementia. And for English being your as an ESL student, Kim Jong Un just hit it out of the park with that. But I'm definitely going to feel so. Anyway, here we are in North Korea, and the question becomes: What do you do about North Korea? And see, the interesting thing about uh, dotard. Uh, or the dotard saying man, right, Kim Jong-un, is, is the, the line, the party line, the, fr- frankly, the national line, has always been that, that he is irrational, he's wild, he's crazy, he doesn't know what he's doing, he's inexperienced. Whereas I would argue he's put his head down and said that I'm going to get the one thing that ensures my regime's survival. Yes, it's going to undoubtedly result from economic sanctions and, and other actions that the U.S. and the world takes in the deaths of thousands of North Koreans. But if you're only concerned, if you, frankly, if you only care about yourself and your mm-hmm. regime and your, your essentially your godlike power in North Korea, you better be willing to put your head down and sprint to a nuclear capability because that's the only thing in history that has proven an impediment to U.S. action to potentially depose you or NATO action or U.N. action to depose you as a leader. So Kim Jong-un, as as young as he is and as unexperienced and maybe as uh, wild as he is, has decided to put down his head and say, well, fuck it. The only way I survive this is if I have a nuclear capability. My country's never going to prosper, but I will always be the leader, and I'll always have a good life personally. So I'm going to put my head down, get a nuclear capability, and then I'll negotiate, right? I, then I can trade my ballistic missile program for sanctions relief. History tells him he's right. I mean, there are more cases than not where that well, has he, been true. And even since 2003, right, under wildly different presidents, right? If you look at W and you look at President Obama, wildly different tax to foreign policy, both looked at leaders with nuclear weapons programs 
as threats. Both were captured and eventually killed. So here's the question, Dylan. You're commander-in-chief. You get to spray tan yourself in the morning and just act a fool. What do you do about North Korea? Boats. <laughs> Boats? Moats. 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 I mean, Moats. You take that expand. Yalu River, you dig it way deep. You take 38th parallel, you dig it even deeper, right? Get rid of all the landmines in it. What about this? So, wait, now you've just made North Korean Island. Are we just going to push it out to sea? Because that's a fucking idea. Although they can still fire missiles at us. Could. From their island that's floating potentially closer. No, we'll make sure currents are going into the Indian Ocean. Because <laughs> nothing could go better in the world than India, Pakistan, and North Korea all together. Oh, my God. Okay, moats. I like that. I am going to go with a more nuanced approach. I think we need to take a book out of a page out of the uh, the movie. What was the North Korea movie with uh, same same but different? The interview. The interview. We are different people. We speak different languages. Huh? We have different faces, but inside. We are same, 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 but different, but still same. We need to go that way. We need to loop in our good friend, Dennis, the worm Rodman. The worm. And I, and I think we got a chance to infiltrate and give him one of those magic band-aids. When you shake his hand, the poison will be absorbed into his skin where it metabolizes for a 12-hour period. Nobody will have any idea you two were involved. No one will know. The United States must maintain total and complete deniability. Total deniability? Obviously. This is what I picture. What did you picture? I walk in there like a fucking gangster and blow his little fucking ass away on television. This is a major television event. You don't want to blow it with an off-screen death, okay? Look, in porno, we call this the money shot. You don't have a bunch of dudes going at it. And then right before they finish, you cut to black and say, oh, don't worry, 12 hours later, they came all over each other? Oh, you want them all over close-up, all over his face. The end. Ah. I mean, if these two are truly besties, you tell, you tell, you tell the worm, be like, hey, worm, do you want to do, do be a hundred millionaire? Right? Think of what a war would cost. The, the easiest investment. Worm, I will pay you $100 million to smoke check your chubby buddy. Possible. Uh, yeah. yeah. The Possible. worm would do it in a second. I'm not sure he and would. And you give him a lifetime he su- ha- he supply like, of dresses from Forever 21. But, he, but he, he seems to have this personal affinity towards this, this guy. That's because it's the only person who respects him. With $100 million, people will respect him again because that's the way the world works, unfortunately. I'll tell you what, everyone that played with the worm on the Pistons, the Bulls, okay. and the Spurs, all respect Okay, him. how about this? All right, fine. I'm going to recycle that. We'll give you money, right? Fine, you'll be rich. But I will guarantee you a roster spot for the rest of your life on the NBA team of your choice. Don't think he has any interest in playing anymore. I don't think he'd like the NBA anymore. Doesn't respect kind of players. So what is the worm going to... What do I got to do to get the worm to go... I'm not sure the worm's in. I think... Oh, you're wrong. I think think essentially what you have to do is is you have to accept that North Korea is, and frankly has been since probably the mid-90s, been a nuclear-capable state. You're a real quitter. You're a real quitter. And what you have to do is you have to essentially negotiate their ballistic missile technology away. Why, the, why would they negotiate their ballistic missile technology away without ne- negotiating Sanctions their nukes relief. away? Sanctions relief. I don't think, to your original point, they don't, Kim Jong-un doesn't care about sanctions no, relief. You keep their nuclear capability because if you hold South Korea in jeopardy, you hold the U.S. in jeopardy. If you hold Japan in jeopardy, you hold the U.S. in jeopardy. So your basic argument is as long as you can't nuke the U.S., the U.S. can live with it. R- correct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> Which, frankly, is how it we sucks. treated most of the rest of the world. I mean, I hope I hope Shinzo Abe is not listening to this podcast. Chances I mean, are we've he accept, is. We've accepted Israel de facto. We've accepted whoa, 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 whoa. The Israel Israel's our friend, and they only threaten our enemies, so not applicable. Correct, but they still have nuclear weapons when they technically shouldn't have it. Okay, all right. Indian and Pakistan, kind of the same thing. 
but they're not. They're not well, yeah, they're already baked. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I will say that there is a, a diplomatic solution, just like our Secretary of Defense has said, just like the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs has said, just like our Secretary of State has said. Unfortunately, the guy at the top of the ticket. What if we gave? No, you can't do that. This is this is giving in. But I'm almost like, hey, let's just give him another like one degree on the parallel. We'll move it down to the 37th parallel, Kim. We'll give you one more parallel. The, the issue is you give them another parallel, and they step across that, that, that line, right, that going offline, and they just all get blown up because that thing Maybe is— Maybe that's what I'm really talking about. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm sticking with my worm. Mind the, is worm fuck. the worm, we're going to do the interview with the worm, and The we'll crazy thing that, that has happened that I've seen, uh, frankly, on, on Twitter and follow us at, at schmucks, um, is the ability of people— that frankly probably had important jobs at some point in their career to use open source images that North Korean state media posts to essentially geolocate the exact places of missile launches. Mm. They take that one step further and then they use the images and they can see that Kim Jong-un is smoking cigarettes at liquid-fueled rocket launches. Yeah, it's wild. So if you really want to be the fucking cowboy, right, if Trump really wants to shoot from the hip what he does is tries to preemptively shock and arm at launch yeah shock and arm take out a liquid fueled rocket that kim jong-un is within blast well, radius I, you know the one of the things that came out as a suggestion to 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 undermine kim and you i think you kind of i've had enough to drink now that Friends. time is kind of a flat circle for me at the moment so either you mentioned this earlier on the podcast or we were talking about this off off the mic but you know, the degree to which people in North Korea are aware of the alternative and know how badly they're getting screwed. So to that point, uh, Jocko Willenick, uh, whose name I might have just brutalized and apologies to you, sir, because much respect, uh, former Navy SEAL, was in Ramadi in 06. Uh, look him up. Very impressive guy. H- has really had, had a Twitter post, uh, I don't know, like three or four weeks ago, suggesting that, hey, just dump iPhones or thumb drives uh, with like cell plans into North Korea, basically give them access to information in the world and let them see for themselves what the hell the rest of the world looks like, and that'll fix it. Now, I don't think it's quite that simple, obviously, but the the point is well taken, right? Information uh, will kind of start the crack that ultimately spreads into you know something much greater. But the the risk there, and I think the calculation is because there are people who will take balloons, like helium filled balloons with like DVDs and stuff, and like let them off at the DMZ, and they will float across. Uh, is that that's very uh, asymmetric? No, like it, it's it considered very like it, it's incites incenses the North Koreans, mm-hmm. and it's looked at as a real act of aggression. So, do you want to start a? Because I can actually see Kim Jong Un starting a war if we lobbed like a hundred thousand fucking right. thumb his, drives his, into his, his territory. His biggest risk to his survival is open access to information. Right, right. So I don't disagree with. It's Jack not Wilnack, the United States like, attacking it. Oh, it is man. the open access to information. So anyway, I think we solved it. I think we both agreed that having uh, the worm use the killer band aid on Kim Jong Un is the way to go. And as always, we started with a Ric Flair quote. We'll end with a Ric Flair quote, right? Oh, wait. We got to talk about our, our, the 51st state that's not a state. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Puerto Rico. Those, hey, Puerto shout out to Puerto Rico. is getting, Puer- getting hosed, hey, right? Hey, Despacito over here. Oh, man. Now I got to find this. Yeah, go find that article. So, obviously, we've had this, like, just the Caribbean and Houston and the Keys have just been getting train ridden with like hurricanes and the most recent one kind of coming out of left field i feel like it didn't even get the kind of pre-game ramp up that uh irma and harvey got um going into houston and the keys but it he, uh, puerto rico has just been devastated uh and uh a washington post reporter said that the pentagon reported that there are currently a combined 5,000 active duty and national guardsmen involved in puerto rico so that's and that's the- that's a uh, 3.5 million people there, roughly. Right. So you so, got 5,000 helping out. 5,000. And for context, the, the comparison that, that we have to give is essentially that compared to that 5,000 combined force, 22,000 troops were deployed to Haiti after the 2010 earthquake. So, so 4X plus. And 24,000, so almost 5X, were deployed to Japan after the 2011 tsunami. The crazy thing is Haiti is not in the United States. Newsflash. J- Japan not in the United States. Also, newsflash. Puerto Rico, 
It's an American protectorate. in the U.S. That's an American protectorate, which obviously you're seeing the polls now where people don't remember or don't know that Puerto Rico is a a protectorate. And here's where the uh, media is absolutely culpable. So when George W. just punted and imploded on Katrina, cameras were there. Cam cameras were there the the big thing that he didn't do that everyone got a picture of right was he chose not to land because of the requirement that were placed upon the military and the mil- and the police there to essentially protect him and he didn't want the military and police to have to protect him to distract their focus from helping the community right no, well but also he said there with michael brown and was like this guy's doing a great job meanwhile that guy's background was in like horses the director of FEMA was a horse guy who was clearly just like a friend appointee who had no background in emergency management. You don't like horses, do you? <laughs> I really don't have an opinion on horses. But anyway, so... Not a horse guy, Zach. Yeah, not a horse guy. Uh, more of a mini pony guy myself. So now you've got Puerto Rico, and nobody's talking about it in the media because the media is, is so like belligerently anti-Trump that no matter what he says, they get distracted. So... Puerto Rico is literally just dying, and Trump is like idiot savant, whatever, doing his whole NFL thing about the flag and taking a knee, and all that people can talk about in the media. And you can watch watch the flipping uh, interviews with Sarah Huckabee Sanders. All they're talking about is the NFL. All they're talking about is the NFL. Nobody is like there. Yes, some people are talking about it, but if you look at the preponderance of conversation online and in the media about the NFL versus Puerto Rico, it's disgusting. And with that, we are. Uh, I think we're done. We're done. I got nothing else to say. I'm kind of drunk. Kind of drunk. Kind of drunk. Well, well. Fortunately, we, we'll, we'll end up where we started, right? So Ric Flair, fortunately, is okay. He was in an induced coma. Nice. Not that he's in induced coma, that he's okay. Quote from him was, my vice was drinking, but it's been a fact that I kept myself up all night, and I always had a good time. On that note, this is episode 106 of Political Schmucks. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Clink. Yeah. Yeah, this one goes out to all the pretty young ladies out there in pretty young lady land. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? I just want you to just keep on your shoulders, honey. You see? Now let's get it understood. Oh, yeah. That I'm a treat her real good. Oh, yeah. And I'm a lover all my life. Oh, yeah. And keep her flooded with ice. Oh, yeah. Now just take my hand. Oh, yeah. You was my woman, I'm your man. Oh, yeah. Now you the one that I done chose. Oh, yeah. And I don't love them other hoes. Oh, yeah. Now make them niggas understand. Oh, yeah. You already got a man. Oh, yeah. You need a player that's strong. Oh, yeah. And that'll never do you wrong. Oh, yeah. And if them boys try to touch. Oh, yeah. You should kick them in the nuts. Oh, yeah. Cause them titties just right. Oh, yeah. Make a player wanna bite. Oh, yeah. Cause I'm your one and only lover. Oh, yeah. And we don't have to use a rubber. Oh, yeah.